0: We'll tell you that uh, this Sunday we've got um, Brother Gilbert Humphrey, uh, a good friend of ours, will be uh, speaking Sunday morning. We're going to be out of pocket. We've got a funeral to go to in southeast Missouri and, and then also a um, homecoming to preach at on Sunday, but a, kind of a reunion on Saturday. So we're going to be out of pocket, but uh, Brother Gary Humphrey, you'll enjoy him, good man, and, and he'll be preaching for us Sunday morning, and uh, then Brother Sam will be preaching Sunday night. But uh, pray for us as we travel. As the funeral we'll be going to is uh, Brother Ken McFadden's wife that was killed because of the car accident. A good friend of ours also and and, uh, just a tragic accident. But uh, remember us as we travel and remember those at the the funeral. Just ask God to be with them. Take your Bibles and turn with me to Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. We've been in a series that uh, we've been preaching on Wednesday nights, Power in That Name. And I know it's, I reiterate this every time, but I believe it's important for us to understand why we preach about the names of, of Jesus Christ. In the names of Jesus Christ, there's so much for us to learn about him, but also about our position in Christ and also what the Lord, uh, those, the names so much in that applies to our life and how we're to obey him, how we're to follow him, how his, his li- how he affects our life. And so there's so much that we learn from his names and seeing the, the titles or the names that is used throughout the scripture. And, and uh, I know that Zay was putting it into the, uh, uh, the live streaming a while ago. It, it, it's, uh, uh, they put part 21, we're up to 20, 21 names. I said, so? And, uh, but uh, uh, you say, well, how many is there? Um, roughly six to 700. But we're not going to preach all of them, Okay. And uh, But uh, as, until Lord leads us elsewise, we'll, we'll probably deal with the different names because I feel like it is important for us to get that. Uh, I think it's, it gives us an understanding of Jesus Christ. It gives us a little closer walk with him, help us to see the fullness of God. I think sometimes we, we look at Jesus Christ, uh, born of a virgin, lived a perfect life, went to Calvary, died in our place, shed his blood, rose again. And we never really delve in, dive into what he really all about Jesus Christ. And I think it's so needed in our lives. You know, when we, when we meet somebody and they're going to be our friend or they're going to be somebody that we're going to spend time with, we begin to learn about them, different things about them. You learn their likes, their dislikes, you learn their, their abilities and maybe their disabilities. You learn uh, different things about them, little, you know, little quirky things and stuff. Uh, and things that really brings out their personality to you and so and helps you many times uh, you can look at you can find somebody and and it's always amazed me how that I always not always but a lot of times when we have missionaries over or other preachers we get to talk and we ask them about well how did you meet your wife and and uh, what you know we're at and what what brought you together and so forth and it's amazing how many of them will say well we went to college with one another and we couldn't stand one another <laughs> until we got to know one another and then they when they got to know one another they fell in love can i tell you the more that you know about jesus christ the more you'll fall in love with him Amen. and that's part of uh reading and understanding his ni- his names and his titles and and getting a an understanding there so Second, uh, Colossians chapter 2, if you would please stand for the rim of God's word if you're able to. Colossians chapter 2, we'll begin reading in verse 6 and go down through verse 14. Verse 6 says, uh, As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in Him. We could stop right there, preach all night on so walk ye in Him because the, the, that verse right there would tell us that we are to live for Him, to serve Him, to walk after His manner of life, to be pleasing unto Him. And really what we're going to go on down and deal with is really tied to that uh, in many respects. So keep that in your mind. Uh, We're not going to go back to verse 6 and deal with it, but uh, it does uh, deal with that. It says, rooted and built up, verse 7, rooted and built up in Him, established in the faith as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving and talking again about sinking your roots into Jesus Christ. So many times we get rooted into the world, we get rooted into everything else around us. You can get rooted into your hobbies and, and your likes and different things like that. We need to be rooted into Jesus Christ where we draw our strength and our power and uh, the, our nutrition spiritually from the Lord Jesus Christ. He says that we're to be rooted and built up in Him. Many times Christians don't get built up in Jesus Christ. And the reason is, is because they are not rooted in him they are not grounded into Jesus Christ we need churches today and I man I'm I'm already preaching I haven't even got to the message yet that we need churches and Christians today who are going to be rooted in Jesus Christ that are going to grow in him that's going to live for him our problem today is is that so many Christians their root system is on top of the ground instead of being rooted down into Jesus Christ And so we need to be rooted in Jesus Christ Built up in him and established in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the traditions of men, after the rudiments of the world, not after Christ. And really what Paul is doing here is he's address addressing the Colossians. If if we was to read completely on over, you'll find that they were worshiping and following angels. If you if you look, you'll find it over there in about verse 18. They were They were lifting up angels and and talking about angels more than they were about Jesus Christ. They was going after the rudiments of the world. They was going after traditions of men and the philosophies of men and, and so forth. So he said, Beware lest any man spoil you through the philosophy and vain deceit after this tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world and not after Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And ye are complete in him which is the head of all principality and power. In whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, and putting off the body of sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead. You being dead in your sins and uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. I want you to look back in verse 10. Here's the name that we pick up here, or the title. You're completing him, which is, and notice this, the head of all principality and power. The head of all Principality and power. I'd like to preach a message I've titled Jesus Christ, the Head of All. Let's pray. Father, we come to you this evening. We thank you for the Word of God and the richness of it, the fullness of it, Lord, and how that it speaks to our hearts. Lord, I, I pray that people would get as excited about the Word of God as they do about everything else in this world. And even more so. Lord, I pray that you just give me the words to say. Lord, I pray that I might leave all that which is not pleasing unto you. Lord, I pray that you'd hide me behind the cross. Forgive me my sins where I failed you even this day. And Lord, for your name's sake, Lord, give me the word of God for your people. For this we ask and pray. In Jesus' name, amen. You be seated. This great name of Jesus here is, is the head of all, gives us each and every Christian an understanding of their place in the Christian life and how we're to live that life. He's to be the head. He's to be overall. Also in a different scriptures that we'll look at here tonight uh, in the Bible, we, we, uh, we find that he's the head of the church. We'll also find that he's the head of every man. We'll find that he's the head of the corner. And so those are important. It gives us a better understanding of the position in our lives as a Christian and directs us uh, our lives to be sub- subject to the head, which is Jesus Christ. Uh, You have to have some type of authority. You have to have some type of uh, line of authority in everything. If you do not have any type of line of authority, you have nothing but chaos. And so many times today, uh, people don't want any type of authority over them. But authority is good. And a, a chain of command is good. And you have to have it in everything. It's even even in a vehicle. I'm having a little bit of timing problem in, my, in the engine on my truck a little bit. And that would be the same way. You have to have things in sequence and in order. In order for that, that timing has to be right for that engine to work right. When, the, when you get out of order with it, when you get out of timing with it, it doesn't want to run right. It shakes, it shivers, it does all kinds of things like that. Sometimes they won't start if you have if the timing is bad, and so there has to be an order in which uh, those pistons move up and down, and there has to be a particular timing for each one as it fires. Your life and my life is the same. We must have an order within that life, yes. and we're going to look at that because Jesus Christ is the head. Amen. He's overall. He's the head of all, and so it's important that we understand. That there is that authority, that there is that that line of command, if you might say, within our lives. First of all, the Christian is complete in Jesus as He is the head of all. Look there in verse ten again. It says, "And ye are complete in Him." It didn't say you was complete in your learning. A lot of people that have graduated here recently from high school, from college, uh, from. Middle school, from kindergarten, uh, wherever they graduated from. And, but can I tell you this? They are not complete. They're not complete. Many of them will go on for more education and different things, learning continually. Uh, but if we look at the life in, in the order that it's at, there is, we can only be complete in Jesus Christ. If you take Jesus Christ out of your life, you're not complete. You are missing the greatest thing in your life. That's why the relationship with Jesus Christ is so important. When, he is not, when you're not in full fellowship with Him and the relationship is not good, you are not complete because there's something missing in your life. I don't know about you, but if I don't have my Bible study, if I don't have my prayer time, there's something missing. The day is not complete. And so he is, we are complete in Him, it says, which is the head of all principality and power. First of all, we've got to understand that Jesus, our head, that he's head of all, dwells, uh, uh, dwells all in him, dwells all that the Father is. Look in verse 9. It says, For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Okay? All the fullness of the Godhead bodily. When we talk about the Godhead, we talk about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That is the Godhead. And within Jesus Christ dwells all of that. You see, it's hard for us to understand in in many aspects where we have one being, but he's three. Our God is a triune being. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. But within Jesus Christ is the fullness bodily within him. We, uh, uh, When Jesus came here, He came bodily. He didn't just come in spirit. He came bodily. And within Him is all that God is. He's not 97% God. He's not 98% God. He is 100% God. He is 100% all that the Heavenly Father is. And this is what is... is Astounding to us, He is 100% of all that the Heavenly Father is, He is 100% of all that the Holy Spirit is, He is 100% of all who He is. You see, that makes my head spin, makes mine spin too. But He's 100% God. You see, He lacks nothing, there's nothing that is not His or within His ability to do or within His ability to accomplish. In first. In Colossians chapter 1 and verse 19, it says, For it pleased the Father that in Him should all fullness dwell. All fullness dwell. You know, when you have a family and let's say uh, you have a, a mom and dad and they have some children. And uh, as the years go along, mom and dad, you know, they, maybe they accumulate a house, they accumulate some Maybe some property, maybe a a life savings, life insurance or stocks and bonds or whatever and cars and things of that nature. And then their children, as they're growing up, they've got their own things. And they feel like what mom and dad's is kind of, you know, one of these days, uh, what is is mom and dad's may be theirs one of these days. But it's not until mom and dad is gone and then it is given to them. So all the fullness of mom and dad is not theirs yet. But one day it will be. Because when mom and dad pass away, it's handed down through inheritance or whatever. But let me say this. With Jesus Christ, that's not the way it is. He is already the fullness. He has all. All the fullness dwelleth within him. He is the head. And it gets pretty exciting. You say, well, why does that get exciting? Because he dwells within us. So that's what makes us complete. We have everything that is his, basically, if you you want to look at it that way. Therefore, because he is our Savior and dwells within us, we're complete in him. Since he's our Savior and and Lord... Uh, the, the Redeemer of our soul, uh, we being a purchased possession by His blood, He is the head of all that we are and all that we are to be. He's the head. He, we, he is the one that should have the say-so in your life and in my life. And all that He is, He wants to, pose- he wants to present into our lives. There's no need for wisdom of the world because He has all wisdom. And yet today... Many Christians go to the world for the world's wisdom. We don't need the world's wisdom, folks. We need the wisdom of God. And it is available to you and I because all the fullness of the Godhead bodily is in Jesus Christ. And we are in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ in us. So therefore, all the wisdom of God is available to you and I as a Christian. In fact, we find in James chapter 1 and verse 5, it says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him what? ask of Dr. Phil, Ophir Wimpy wimpy <laughs> Uh You know, no. It says, ask of God, who giveth liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given unto him. The Lord said, listen... I, I have wisdom for you, and you say, well, what's the wisdom for? Anything in your life that you need wisdom for. And I'm going to tell you something. Today, we have a lot of people who have great educations but have no wisdom. They may have what the world calls wisdom, but, my friend, they don't have enough sense to get out of the rain. We need Christians who have got godly wisdom, wisdom from God. Some of the greatest, wisest men and women that I have ever met in my life, never even went to high school. But they were wise. They may, their vocabulary may not have been very good. They may have used a lot of ain'ts and everything else and, and got their, their, all their, their parts of, of speech messed up. But they had great godly wisdom because their wisdom did not come from from this world's education. It came from from the word of God and from the Lord Jesus Christ himself who has all wisdom. You see, he says, if you lack wisdom, he said, ask of God. And because Jesus Christ is the head, he has that wisdom and he has presented it to you and I. That's why it's important to understand that he's the head. Because we can go to the head. We can go to the one that's overall. And we can ask for wisdom. And he has made us a promise. He said he will give it not a little bit, but liberally. Liberally. That means not a teaspoon. But I mean he picks up the big old tablespoon. He picks up the big old dipper. And he dips it out. Into, into your bowl he floods the bowl he gives it liberally for those who ask of that and so we're to go to the head when he, there's no need of us to, to look to the world for wisdom sad to say many Christians follow the world's wisdom my friend can I tell you something the world's wisdom will fail you and will get you off track there's no need of any other atonement for sin than his atonement Hebrews 5, 9 says, and being made perfect. Uh, He became the author of eternal salvation unto all that obey him. There is salvation in no other. There's no reason to look for any other salvation. There's no reason to turn to anybody else. There's no reason to look to the world's way of salvation. The world says by good works. The world says by church membership. The world says by this and by that and that everybody's making it uh, to heaven maybe just a different way. Everybody's going to the same place but just a different road. No, my friend, that's not what the Bible says. He is the perfect atonement. He is the one that will save the soul. There's no need for anybody to turn to anybody. And Hebrews 5, 9 says, And being made perfect, he became author of eternal salvation unto all them that obeyed him. Uh Uh-oh, it says obeyed him. Yeah, do you know why obey him? Because he is the head of all. Our problem today is nobody wants to obey anymore. I was driving a bus yesterday. Kids were getting up, and they're cranked up this time. Of year. They're getting out of school tomorrow, and they're cranked up. And, 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 and they think because, that because you're driving that you can't see what's going on. That's what that mirror up there is, you can, and you can see it, the peripheral vision. And there was two or three of them up, and they were switching seats, going back here, going back said, And I hollered up, hey, sit down. I said, preacher, you do that? Yeah. Why? Because we're supposed to sit down. I'm the driver. I'm the head on that bus. And I said, if I have to, I said, if I see anybody else move, I said, I'm going to stop this bus and I'm going to move you. It wasn't 30 seconds. <laughs> What'd you do? Throw the flashes on, pulled over to the side of the road, went back there and said, you, front seat. <clears> hmm. <throat> He got ready to get off the bus. I didn't open the door. I looked at him, called him by name. I said, if you're going to ride this bus, you have to obey the rules. Jesus Christ is the head. You won't get saved any other way but obey the way he said that you get saved. We're to obey him. He's the head. There's no other way. No other way of salvation other than Jesus Christ. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. His grace is sufficient to sustain us in our trials in our, and aid us in the, in the duties of our life. You know, people are struggling with life. People are struggling with duties. People are struggling. with. But the Bible says that his grace is sufficient. In 2 Corinthians 9, 8, says, and God is able to make all grace. Boy, I like that. I like those alls. In the Bible. It'd be a good, it'd be a good it'd be a good sermon uh, series, the alls of the Bible. He said he is able to make all grace abound towards you, that ye always have all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. All sufficiency. The sufficiency of his grace. His grace is sufficient. How can we have that? Because He is all that God is. He, he's the head of all. And so He's able to give all grace to carry us through. It doesn't matter what your problem is. There's grace available. It doesn't matter how difficult the time comes. Grace is available. You know, I, I like what I, heard, I read one time about um, John R. Rice. He was flying somewhere somewhere. And all of a sudden, uh, one of the engines, I think, went out on the plane, and the plane started uh, uh, rocking around and everything, and it's having trouble, and everybody got scared and said, we're going to die, we're going to die. And he just sat there. They said, aren't you afraid? He said, no. They said, why not? He said, I know Jesus Christ my Savior. And he said, there's a dying grace that he gives. He said, he ain't gave it to me yet, so we're going to be all right. They landed plane, everything's okay. There's grace for every need, even dying grace. Dying grace. Janine's Aunt Betty is, I don't know, hours probably from passing. Very close to passing. And just from some of the things I've heard said, you can tell she has that grace. She's ready. She wants to go. I remember my mom. One morning she woke up, laying there on that hospital bed in their living room. She woke up one morning. We stand there and she said, Oh. So what's the matter, Mom? She said, I'm still here. She said, I thought I'd be in heaven by now. There's grace. And you can only get it from the one that is head of all. And that's Jesus Christ. He's the head of all. He has all. He's all bodily, the fullness of God, and we can become complete within, within Him. He's the head of all, and His supply is all of our need. Philippians 4.19 says, But my God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Because He's is head of all. He's able to supply all and meet every need that you and I have. It doesn't matter what your need is. You say, Oh, but preacher, I have this great need. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But preacher, you, no, it doesn't matter. He is head of all. And He has all. And He can supply all. The problem is, is that we don't get in line with the head of all. Because He's all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. We're complete in Him as a Christian. Nothing else will complete your life except letting Him be the head in your life. Our problem today is is that we are not allowing Jesus Christ to be head of our life. As we allow Him to be head of our life, that completes our lives. Because as as our Savior and our head, He is the fullness in us spiritually. Your greatest need is not physically. Your greatest need and my greatest need is not physically. Our greatest need is spiritually. And He is all that we need. All that He is and all that He has to offer is ours as we yield our lives to Him to be the complete head of our lives. I didn't say part head. I said complete head. He's to be the complete. He's to be the head of all. And then Jesus is the head of the church. In Colossians chapter 1, you back up one chapter there. And verse 15 says, who is the image? So talking about Jesus Christ. Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth. A lot of people don't realize this. Jesus Christ is the creator of all. You know what they think? They think, well, oh, no, 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 no. Uh, uh, it, it was God the Father that spoke it all. Could I remind you that all the fullness of the Godhead dwells within Jesus Christ because He's God? He you said, "You're messing with my mind." No, that's I understand. But Jesus Christ created all. You say, "Well, I thought God the Father did." He did. Well, what about the Holy Spirit? Uh huh. He did. He brought it into existence. He's God. For by Him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by Him and for Him. And He is before all things, and by Him all things consist. Without Him, they don't consist. Look at verse 18 if you're there. It says, and he is the head of the body, the church. The church. This is the body. This is the church. Not this building. We are the church. And so he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning of the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. or that's first place. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness, all fullness dwell." And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him, I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. Can I say a statement here? And and I want you to log it in your heart and mind, and I want you to always hang on to it. This is not my church. This is his church. This is not my church. This is his church. I know a lot of times we we use that reference. Well, my church. Well, it's His church. Because we are the church and we belong to Him. It's His church. And the sooner that preachers and deacons, Sunday school teachers, and just plain old lay people get in their mind and understand, this church belongs to God. It'll solve a lot of disputes. It'll solve a lot of problems. It'll solve a lot of of arguments. Who cares what color the carpet is? It belongs to God. Amen. Amen. It's his. It's his church. And being the head of the church makes him the director of the church. You say, well, preacher, I thought that was your job as it comes from him then it helps me know how to direct as I pray, as I seek his face then I try to give you what he's given me as the spirit of God leads he's to teach us and to show us how we're to do church can I tell you that a lot of churches are not doing church the way he says do church how do you know preacher getting in the manual this is the manual right here of how to do church This is the manual of how to do church. The church should not resemble a nightclub. The music in the church should not resemble a nightclub. The lighting in a church should not resemble a nightclub. Why? Because he is the head of the church. And we're to do church the way he says we're to do church. Well, preacher, things have changed. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hmm. And if he's the head of the church, I think we ought to do church the way he's always wanted us to do church. Now, understand there's things that you change. There's things that you do. You know, when, when people first start taking pews out of, out of the building... It's like, oh, that blah, 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 blah. oh God won't, won't won't save anybody anymore because we don't have pews. He's not. It doesn't. It's not the building. It's not the seat you're sitting on. I take you down to Mexico. Down we went up into the into the mountains where the Indians were, ten hours south of Monterey. We sat on cut off stumps. Hung one light bulb in there, run off a generator. No windows in the window openings. No roof on the where the roof was supposed to be. No doors in the door openings. And we had church. Went into church there, one of the churches, and because we was the gringos, we was from America. They gave us the seats. We sat down, and they all stood. And we had... Man, did we have church. hate to tell you this, but they sang for about an hour and a half. Preacher got up and he preached for about an hour. <laughs> we had church. It's not the length of it. Sometimes you can do it in 15 minutes. Sometimes you can do it in 30 minutes. Sometimes God's moving. Hey, go on thing of it is, we need to do church the way God says do church. He says do things decently and in order. and He also wants us to allow the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us in the services. I know of churches that everything's got to be... I mean just... Boom, 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 boom. And when that clock is at a certain time, we're at a certain place. And when that clock's at a certain time, we're dismissing and. And we organize the head of the church right out of the church. I understand. you got to watch the time. you got to do some things. Because you can only retain as much as your seat can retain you sitting there. <laughs> and the fact of it is, is that we need to go to the head of the church, which is Jesus Christ. and Go to his manual that he's given us of how to, to do church. So we're to do church and, and the ministry and the outreach the, the way he w- says for us to do it. We should, you know, and there's different ways. That doesn't mean that things, that doesn't, and let me say this. It doesn't mean that some things don't change and that you can't change up some things. I'm just saying that there's some things that uh, we need to keep the same. The preaching. Singing godly hymns. Lifting up Christ. Praying. Witnessing. Magnifying the Lord. Exalting Him, and we go on. We see in Revelations, if you just, we just go over Revelations, I'm not going there tonight, but if we just go over Revelations, we see how that the head of the church, he either commended those churches or else he condemned those churches by how they conducted church. Makes me wonder how the Lord looks down at our churches today and say, how are we doing? Every once says drove got up behind some tractor trailer truck and it says how's my driving? One eight hundred such and such such and such such and such. What if we was to say Lord, how's our church? Dial one seven 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 whatever. We might be shocked. And so there ought to be that allowing God to work in our lives in our church the church is about him it's not about entertainment and not about just feeling good services it's about Jesus Christ the church is to follow the leadership of the head of the body and his word which is Jesus Christ and then Jesus is not only the head of the church and he is the head of every man there in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 It says, Be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. Now I praise you, brethren, that you remember me in all things and keep the ordinances as I delivered them to you. But I would would have you know that the head of every man is Christ. The head of every man is Christ. And the head of the woman is the man, and the head of Christ is God we so often do things our way and under our thinking but the lord but jesus christ is head of all and he's head over us men can i tell you tonight that jesus is your head is is your head to guide you in and how to guide your home your life your finances and all that you do He's the one that is to guide you, men. You say, Preacher, how come you said men? Because that's what the Bible said. You say, Well, what about the women? Well, the Bible says that the, 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 the man is the head of the woman. The woman, if you go on, there, you would find that the, that the children fall beyond there. Oh, you're one of those. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. That is not demeaning. And that is not luring any woman. In fact, it's exalting them. Because there has to be some type of authority. There has to be some type of chain of command. In fact, if you look at this, you'll find that Jesus Christ is under authority too. You'll find there that he's under authority. Jesus Christ is under, under God. Look here in verse 3. He says, and I would have you know that the head of the every man is Christ, and the head of a woman is the man, and the head of Christ is God. Now it's hard for us to understand because he's the all the fullness bodily. He is God. And yet there is that chain of command there. Jesus many times said, I do the will of who? Not myself, but the Father. But wait a minute. He is all the fullness of the Father. I understand that. But there is that chain of command, if you would put it that way. And so in our lives, we have that. And since he's the head of every man, that makes him master. That makes him Lord. That makes him ruler. That makes him the director of our, uh, over our lives. We're to be subject to him and his will. You see, you say, "Well, well preacher, I, I'm bothered by this. What, what about if my husband's passed away, or if I'm not married and I'm a lady?" Then, just remember, Jesus Christ is your head. He's your head, okay. But if you're married, and this is not a chauvinist here, I read you the verse. But can I tell you, men? Don't yeah. <laughs> Do you hear that, woman? <clears throat> Can I tell you something? You better fulfill your part and be under Christ, or Christ, as the head, will put a knot on the side of your head big enough you'll have to have a ladder get on top of it to scratch it. There with that comes great responsibility. But with that also comes, and I tell this, and a lot of, I have young couples sit in my office when I'm doing premarital counseling. I said, now listen, I'm going to tell you something. And I looked at her and said, this is not demeaning you. This is not, I said, there has to be some type of order or there is chaos. And I explained that you, as a couple, you come together, you're one. And husband, you're to listen to the wife. And wife, you're to listen to the husband. The wife is a completer of the husband. They come together as one. And I'm not giving marriage lessons or counseling tonight, but I want you to understand that. I don't want women to think, well, yeah, the preacher, he just... No, understand that there is a, a role there that God makes uh, 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 plain to us. And men, let me, let me say this. It's not that you're better than your wife. It's not. But what it is is that God is going to come to you. You will be accountable God's not going to go to your wife and say, how come you didn't lead out in devotions? How come you didn't do this? And how come you weren't in church? He's going to come to you men and say, why were you not in church? Why were you not trying to live for God? Why were you not trying to make sure that your children? Now God uses the mother, uses the wife in all those positions. So there's a great responsibility because Jesus Christ is our head. But if there's not the, that, that, that uh, authority that God has placed in your life as a husband, then Jesus Christ is your head above you. There's no one above you. It's Jesus Christ. Okay. And so I hope that's clear. And, and, and somebody else say, well, you hear that chauvinist preacher. No, understand that there is authority. There is authority. Uh, when you come together, and 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 I and I and I'll be honest with you, I, when I counsel, I, I tell men said you you need to listen to your wife, because many times God gives them a sense of understanding about things that we don't. You know why? Because many times men we're just cut and dry. Right? Yeah, bless God. <laughs> and they're more sensitive, but at the same time, see, men are wired see you got me off course men are wired men are wired logical basically now nowadays we're getting some it's not so logical they're feminine but anyway they're, they're wired logical women are wired emotional that's the way God made us they come together and that makes a completion okay they even one another out While she's He's on, honey, it's just a movie. He really didn't die. <laughs> I'm not saying that women don't have logic. Don't get me wrong there. What I'm saying is this. Christ is the head of all. All. No matter whether you're man or woman, Christ is head of all. He has given a little more responsibility and accountability but in a husband and wife situation to the husband. Okay? Understood? And so he's the head of the man, he's the head of all. So we have God the Father and Jesus Christ, then man, then the wife, then the children. And uh, as I said, when it gets out of order, there's chaos. And so then Jesus is the head of the corner. Look with me real quickly in 1 Peter. I've got to move on quickly here. First Peter chapter 2 and verse 6, it says, Wherefore also is contained in the Scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. That's talking about Jesus Christ. I think you're well aware of that. And then he says in verse 7, Unto you, therefore, which believe it, he is precious, otherwise you've received him as your Savior. You've put your faith and trust him but unto them which be disobedient the stone which the builders disallow the same is made the head of the corner and, and so what it is is this he's saying this he's talking about him being says the head of the corner in the buildings that they built in that day and time you had uh, when it was built out of stone and all they had what they called a cornerstone it was a keystone it was one of the most important stones in the building because upon it, everything was, was squared off of that stone. Everything was connected to that stone. If it was not laid in there, then the building would not be right. Jesus Christ is the head of the corner. He is the cornerstone of the Christian's life. And with that, this, this stone is a is stone upon which Uh, our whole spiritual life is to rest upon and be joined together. Otherwise, our spiritual life is not not built or to be laid or to be uh, dependent upon Christian help books. There's nothing wrong with them. But that's not the cornerstone. The cornerstone is Jesus Christ. The... Good Christian music, singing, it's good. But that's not the cornerstone. Okay, that's not the cornerstone. The cornerstone is Jesus Christ. Everything is to be laid and attached to Jesus Christ in your life. Everything is to be built upon that cornerstone, Jesus Christ, in your life. Too many people are separating their lives. They got a, what they call their church life. They got their work life and their, and their marriage life and their, their uh, activity life or their fun life or whatever they want to call it. Everything is separated. Where it says, no, wait a minute. I'm the cornerstone. I'm the head of the corner. I'm the, supposed to be the cornerstone in your life in everything. Absolutely everything is to be built and connected to the cornerstone if you want the building to stand. If you want Jesus Christ to be the head, he must be the cornerstone in your life. He must be the one that you your marriage is built upon, that your work ethic and all that you do is built upon, that your finances is built upon, that your that your entertainment is built upon, everything. The song that we have in our hymnal, The Solid Rock, says, My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean upon Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand, all other ground is sinking sand. Without Jesus Christ is the head corner, otherwise the cornerstone. Everything's sinking sand in your life. He must be the head corner. He's the head of all. When we try to build upon self and others and their ways, this cornerstone will then become a stumbling block in our lives and we'll stumble and fall. You find people who are upset with church. You know why? I'll tell you why. Jesus Christ wasn't the cornerstone. You find people who quit church, you know why? Because they wasn't building upon Jesus Christ, the head of the corner. You know why people get angry and stay angry at, at their families and different ones and all that, all that stuff? They're not building their life upon the cornerstone of Jesus Christ. Because He is the one that forgives us of all sin. And He tells us that we're to forgive others. So you're not building upon the cornerstone of Jesus Christ. Do you know why that many, many times Christians have a lot of, and I'm not saying it's all this, but a lot of times they have problems with uh, finances? Because they don't build their finances upon Jesus Christ, the cornerstone. Do you know why? And I could go on, couldn't I? Our lives must be built upon the head of the corner, which is the cornerstone, which is Jesus Christ, which is the head of all when we look at this name the head of all principality and power it's telling us by his name that he is to be the great part of our lives the greatest part of our lives and there's to be nothing else that comes between us and the head he is the head of all. And we must make him the head of all. And we must allow him to be the head of all. You and I make a decision of who the head will be in our lives. But it was decided before the world was formed that in him dwelt all the fullness of God, bodily, and that he is the head. My friend, that is who he is, and that is who he should be in your life and my life, the head of all. Let's bow. Father, we come to you, and we love you, and we thank you for your love and your mercy and your goodness to us. I pray now, Lord, that you help us to make and to keep Jesus Christ as the head of all in our lives. He's the head of the church. He's the head of uh, uh, the corner. He's ahead of everything within our lives. Let us make sure that we keep him there. And we'll thank you and we'll praise you for this. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with us?